0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com. We say in Davining, that there are certain experiences in life that are really above and beyond words. I'm so humbled to be introduced by one of the living legends of Klal Yisrael. Who could have imagined? I remember as a young boy going to one of the first Sinai dinners. I believe my father was honored. And Rev. Katzin then was uh, one of the architects of Klal Yisrael. So to have the privilege to hear the psicha from Rev. Katzin, what is a chus! What an honor! May Hakadosh Baruch give Rev. Ariyeh, Siyat d'shemaya to have nachas from all his talmidim and the talmidei talmidim and Bezus Hashem to continue to inspire Klal Yisrael in good health. Hatslachah, bracha, ad bi'as Amen. Amen. Rabbi Katsen mentioned that some of the Sparam are sponsored by former Sanayi Academy students. I think I would be remiss if I didn't uh, thank the Fuchs Mishbacha as well for being so involved in publishing the Sifrei Magid Harakia. And I appreciate their chizuk and their support. May I Baruch bless their families. With Simcha nachas Ad Bias So over the last uh, year and change... So, the Shuram have become synonymous with the Zakheim family. The, the share starts with the uh, blessing from Dr. Zakheim, who I met through a mutual friend, and how I appreciate her very enthusiastic chizuk and encouragement and support, and what an honor it is to uh, throw out the opening pitch here in this uh, Makam Kaddish. It's our humble blessing that this holy bias. Be a source of Chizuk, of Torah, of shamayim, of Mitzvot, of Zechusim, for Flatbush, for Klal Yisrael, for all the Mishpachas involved. Ad be Gal Tzedek, in good health. Amen. Amen. So one of the most prolific educators today, somebody who's influenced literally thousands of people, he's a writer, he's a producer, he's a, he was a Rosh shiva. A Rav, Rabbi Barrel Wine. And he was once in the airport, and actually he published a new book recently of his favorite stories. Even though many of them I've heard before, but it's always good to see them all in one collected volume. So he tells how he's once in the airport, and he's uh, minding his own business, hoping that nobody would... Uh, notice him, and somebody comes ro- running over to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, you can't imagine how you've changed my life, your books, your tapes, your shurim, your books on history. In my shul alone, there are a few dozen people that read your books during the Rabbi's drasha, <laughs> And, and um, the, the history and, and all kinds of subjects. It's unbelievable. You've changed my life forever. And Rabbi Wine is not somebody to take in the adulation so he sort of walks away and hoping he could shake the guy off. And the guy's following him. You don't understand my whole world view, my whole understanding of everything is different because of you. And Rabbi Wein says, have a great day and hope to catch you later. And the guy continues, you know, one last thing. Behind every great man is an even greater woman. Please send my best regards to and friend. <laughs> And Rabbi Wein looks the guy in the eye and he says, I don't usually travel with her. But the next time I see her, I'll surely let her know. Marv Rabbi in life, you could really miss the boat. I'll tell you a personal story. I thought, you know, people listen on Torah anytime. Who's listening right now? Anybody listening? So somebody told me, um, I looked at the analytics. There are a lot of people listening in Ireland. So, wow, I wow, I have people listening in Ireland. So I made an announcement on the shear. If anyone's listening in Ireland, contact me. Maybe they'll bring me. I'll speak in Ireland. So some guy from Williamsburg, he, t- he said, nobody's listening in Ireland. It's the new tech lock filter that's based in Dublin. So every guy in Muncie listening to the sheer, it's it's rung through Ireland. So, you know... Sometimes in life you could really miss the boat, but it's not such a big deal. It doesn't make such a big nafgamina. The repercussions are not that drastic. But there are some times you can make a mistake, and the repercussions are eternal, are forever and ever, and that's not a kind of mistake that we would like to make. So let's begin our discussion tonight with a very fundamental question. This is a question that any thinking person really ought to ask themselves. And that is, we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu is an Av harachamin. That means everything He does is because He loves us, for our chesed, for our benefit. In light of that, we're entitled to ask, it would seem that the order of the Yam Noram are backward, incongruous, and somewhat unfair. Let's talk about the order of the Yam Naram. First, we stand in judgment on Rosh Hashanah. And a Kadesh Baruch who weighs our respective actions, mitzvahs and averos. And anyone who has more mitzvahs, they'll have a long, happy, healthy, successful year. Someone who has more averos than mitzvahs, the Gemara says, the year ain't going to be that great. And that's the first step of the Yom Naram. And then the second step of the Yom Narayim, after the Day of Judgment, HaKadosh Baruch who gives us Yom Kippur. So we go to shul, we fast, we clap al-chey, we do tshuva, and Hashem is moichel araveros. And this would seem to be the most backward way to have a system of Yom Narayim. What kind of what kind of chesed is in that? Imagine, first Hashem says, put all your averos on the table, now I'm going to judge you. Okay, you have averos on the table, so this is not going to be that great, and that's not going to be that great this year. And after Hashem judges us, then He says, do tshuva, and I'll be uh, moichel your averos, I'll forgive your sins, and you'll clean your neshama. What's the chacham on that? It's backward. I have a much better idea. Let's start the year with Yom Kippur. Let's go to Shulan Yom Kippur, we'll clap al we'll say the whole laundry list of Averus that we did, Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu, we'll say all the Averus, we'll get a complete Kapara, we'll cleanse our souls, and then ten days later we'll have Rosh Hashanah and we'll come before God with a million and a half mitzvahs, no Verus, and we'll have a long, happy, healthy, successful year. Why would God forgive our sin after He judges us? That's not fair. Let Him forgive the sin first and then judge us. Says Rabbi Sula Petterberg, this is the question of none other than the great Gain, Rabbi Stol Salanter. The Yomim Naram are Backward. Did that ever bother you? Did you ever kick yourself that the Yom and seem seemed to be backward? One question deserves another. In the Shemone essay we say, Zachreinu le Remember us for life. Good life? No, not good life. Just life. Zachreinu le Chayim. Vachayim. Good life? No. The Lord doesn't want us to have good life. He just wants us to have life. He remembers us for life. Good life? No. That's too much already. Can't ask for good life. By the time we get to the end of the Shemane so we say, Then we're ready for good life. Last two brachos, we're ready for good life. First two brachos, we don't have the audacity. Could someone tell me what's life and what's good life? Which one is better? Which one is more important? Tell you a little secret. If I ask, what's for supper? If it's chicken, that means it's fresh chicken. If it's good chicken... leftovers (laughs) leftovers <laughs> if it needs to be good if it has to be called good anything that's good means why would you think it's not good so why in the beginning of Shemar we ask for life, what is life and what's good life now i to tell you a personal question I don't know that anybody really asked this question, I've been bothered by this question my whole life we're holding now before Yom Kippur. The tzaddikim, they're already finished. They're signed and sealed Rosh Hashanah. Rosham, they're one and done. But these Bainanim, the Bainanim have to worry about Yom Kippur. What's a benani? According to the Gemara, benani seems to be someone who has exactly equal number of mitzvot and averas. Do you really think there's so many Bainanim walking around who have... Fifty thousand one hundred and sixty nine point three mitzvahs and fifty thousand and the exact same this, and we're all and we're all like exactly equal like doesn't the gemara and Shas there's a sugya f shirletzam same or e f shirletzam same what does that mean basically is it possible to effectuate simultaneous effectuation could you whatever that means right could you accomplish two things at the exact same time do you really think there's anyone in this world who's exactly a Benoni? You really think so? If a Tzaddik is someone who has more mitzvahs than Averos, and Russia is someone who has more Averos than mitzvahs, and I'm a betting man, I would bet you don't even have one out of 10,000 people who's a Benoni. You really think they're Benoni walking around? Unless there's this very wide threshold of Benoni land. What exactly is a Bainani? And the Lashon of the Gemara is they're tluyim ve'oimdim. They're suspended. They're hanging. What are they hanging on? Where are they suspended? What are they. What exactly is this Bainani? There was a great Rav who wrote a parish on the Yushami. His name was the Ridvaz. Rabbi Yaakov David Wolofsky. He actually made his way to Chicago later on in life, but he was a Rav in Slutsk. And one day in Slutsk, he had the most outlandish court case that ever came up in the history of the city of Slutsk. There was a politician, a fraya politician, Jewish guy, and he used to walk every day at the end of the day. He used to go for a stroll. He used to take in some fresh air for health reasons. And he passed by the Jewish butcher shop. And he sees that the butcher shop is packed and the butcher screaming, Get out of here! Get out of here! I've got to run to shul! What are you bothering me? Come back tomorrow. And if you really need the meat, come back in an hour. Got to go to shul. Mincha, marav, chay This politician walks in and out of your mind. This is the. This is how you make money for like Thursday night. It's right before Shabbos. You're kicking out customers. Everybody knows you send out a customer, they don't come back. So the butcher says, "I got to go to shul. I got a daven. Parnassah comes from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and after all, I got to worry about oilam haba. Politician says oil haba. There's no such thing as oilam haba. So the butcher says, "That's right." For you, there's no such thing as Olam Haba. I'm hoping I will have a share in Olam Haba. So the butcher thought he got he got him. He says, really? Here. Here's a ruble. If you really like Olam Haba, I am prepared to sell you all of my Olam Haba. I'll give it to you. You give me one ruble, and I'll give you all my Olam Haba. Butcher says, here, no problem. Good deal. He gives him a buck and he runs out with the guys al and he heads to Shul. 35 years later, a well-dressed woman walks into the butcher shop. Who are you? I'm the daughter of the politician. My father came to me in a dream. He's shrieking, he's crying, he's screaming, he's tormented. He says, they went, he went up to the Bezden, Shalmalah." And they weighed his mitzvahs, and he had no mitzvahs, only a and they're killing him up there. He's he's sitting in a never-ending shear there, in, in in the bad place. They're killing him. And he wants to look at the watch, he can't even look at his watch. And it goes on and on. He says, what am I going to do? Get me my Olam Haba back. And I said to him in the dream, Dad, what should I do about your oilam Haba? He says, I sold it to the butcher. Give him the ruble back and get me back my oilam Haba. And then I woke up from the dream. So the woman said, I just came here. You see, I had the dream once and I, I pushed it aside. But it's a recurring dream. I can't sleep at night. Do me a favor. And just tell me, this story is bogus. Tell me I'm out of my mind. He said, actually, I remember very vividly. I remember I gave him a buck for all his oilam Haba. I remember the story. He said, Oh, Baruch Hashem. So here's the dollar. And just give me back my father's oilam Haba. And I'll be able to sleep at night. He said, give you back your father's oilam Haba? Not a chance. I'm a simple butcher. What kind of oilam haba do I have? But he was a politician and he helped the Jewish community. Epis, maybe he has some zechusim. There's not a chance. I'm not going to give you back the oilam haba. And she keeps on having the dream. And he's screaming and he's tormented and he's bitsargadon. He's Finally, he tells the daughter, do me a favor, go to the Rav. We're going to have a Din Torah in the city. Let him adjudicate this case to get back the oilam haba." So now she thinks uh, she's lost it. She's going to go to the Rav. There's going to be a court case about him selling back the oilam haba to the butcher. What kind of ridiculous court case will this be? So she goes to the rav and the rav listens. The rav hears out the case. He said, this is a very tough shayla. We have to have a Din Torah word gets at in the city of Slutsk that there's a din taira between the daughter of the politician and the butcher over the father's oilam Haba. I mean, this was, you know, the best story that ever hit the city of Slutsk. What kind of din taira is that? And the Ritva's hears both sides of the case. And he announces in 30 minutes he's going to issue a decision. He comes back and he says, I want you to know, this Psaq Din has three parts to it. Here's segment one. Everyone's holding their breath. What's, what's going to be with the oilam Haba of this politician? S- uh, Psaq one. The sale is bottle. The sale is not legitimate. You can't sell oilam Haba. Oilam Haba is not tangible. It's not transferable. Oilam Haba is the acquisition of the oil and the light and the hisayrus and the illumination that is performed by doing a mitzvah, you can't transfer olam haba. You could transfer money. You could transfer money. By the way, after the fact, before the fact, if you support Torah, you're not buying olam haba. You're causing the person to do mitzvah, so you have a fair share in it. But after someone already did a mitzvah, you can't buy the mitzvah. It's not transferable. Says Radvaz, if someone owes you money, you could say, instead of paying me, transfer it to somebody else. But let's say you have a forester, the Radvaz says, who's working in the mountainous air. And he's breathing in the healthy air. And he's, he's taking in the exercise. Could he say, well, I'm going to transfer the healthy air and the exercise to, to that guy who doesn't get off the couch? You can't transfer exercise. You can't transfer air. It becomes part and parcel of your reality. You can't transfer O'ilam Abba. So the sale is bottle, and this butcher does not get the oilam haba. Everyone breathes a sigh of relief. Everyone's happy. Baruch Hashem, this politician could rest in peace in the oilim ms. Psaq number two says the Ridvaz, The politician lost his chelak in oilam haba. <gasps> lost his chelak in oil. Why did he lose his chelak in oilam haba? Because the pasuk says in Yeshaya. That if you don't believe in oilam and you don't value oilam haba, and you disparage it, you lose it. You only get what you value. You don't value it, you lose it. You regret a mitzvah, you lose the mitzvah. The politician lost his share in oilam haba. advaz, and Pesach number three. The politician has gained a great chilek in oilam Haba. Huh? Says the the Kiddush Hashem that came about as a result of this court case, that now people value oilam Haba, that it's a reality, it's something that people think about. It's not just a word that you heard somewhere, but it's something that we discuss. It's something that we have a dintor about. This came about as a result of this politician. That can never be taken away from him. The fact that now people realize life is not a joke, and what you do makes a difference, that will accrue to the benefit of this politician forever and ever. There is a subject that nobody ever talks about. Yeah, you could go to shiurim. And you can hear a beautiful Taira. And Pelpel. And Drush. And Musar. And Hashkafa. And every good subject under the sun. But there's one subject that the Yitzhahara has so successfully blinded us to. That nobody wants to talk about it. It's taboo. And that is Aylam Nobody talks about it. You could go to Men Shurim, Women shirim, Men and women, Shurim. You could go to Shurim on Torah any time, not on Torah any time. Better, on Torah any time. But for some reason, the most important concept in Judaism, the seven most important words of oilam hazeh doimeh dar bifneh oilam haba, we don't want to think about. We don't want to talk about. You know, Rev Ruderman, Roshiva of Ner Yisrael, whenever he would go to a pidgin haben, so he would say over the following vart, you know the deal by the Pidyan haben. So the koyin, comes to the father of the firstborn, and the father firstborn gives him the five silver shekel, and then the koyin says, "Dad, my boss tfei, what would you rather have, Bin chabacharcha? You want your kid, or are these five five silver coins?" I don't think anyone in the history of humanity ever said to the koyin, "Actually, you know." Keep the kid, and I'll keep the money. At least not for the first child. But Rav Ruderman would say that that's not just a question specific to Pidyan HaBen. That is a question that is relevant to every single step and every decision we make throughout the day. Ma'i ba'istfeh? What are you more interested in? What do you care about? What do you love? What do you pursue? Oilam hazeh? Or Haba. Which is more important to you? When a person decides how many hours a day they work, they're deciding based on do they love Oilam Haza or do they love Oilam Haba? How much time do they invest making sure their home is the proper decor? How much time does a person invest in what vehicle they drive? how much time a person invests in the clothing they wear, that is all the following decision. My Which world do you like better? You like this world better, or you like the world to come better? It's one simple question. It's the axle upon which every decision that we make throughout the day is based on. Our entire life is based on one question. Which world are you interested in? You want this world, or you want the world to come? say Rabbi I want both what's wrong with both I like Olam Haba and I like Olam Hazek because I'm here already so I might as well take advantage of this world and the world to come I'm here I might as well enjoy it absolutely (coughs) enjoy every moment of life Enjoy your house, enjoy your car, and enjoy your clothing. Enjoy your food, and enjoy your family, and enjoy your Shabbos. But here's the question. Which world do you love more? says the Chavis They're mutually exclusive. says the hamayim V'shavavos. You cannot combine fire and water. Water. They don't mix. They don't combine. Kane believe mamin avas azeh You can't love both worlds. You have to choose one love. Which are you pursuing? Which are you interested in? And don't miss the boat with this one. Because you miss the boat with this one, you're not just going to be calling Rabbi Wine, Rabbi Yisach, her friend. You know the story. The Maggid of Yerushalayim, of Shalom Shadron, once gave a shmooz. He says, Olam is <laughs> a-zoy It's like a cold Pepsi after a high So a Talmud came over to him and he said, Rebbe, you changed my life. I'm a different person. He said, what? You learned more this Shabbos? He said, no. I never tried Pepsi after a hot chulant before. <laughs> it's taka azoy zoy Don't miss the boat on this one. I remember I was once driving. I thought it was going 95 miles an hour. I couldn't believe it. I'm a a conservative guy. I don't drive fast. 95. Then I realized uh, it was was, uh, on kilometers. You know? Don't miss the boat with this one. Because the repercussions are very severe and very serious. What is Chaim? What is life? The definition, the epitome of life, is connecting to the Makara achayim. Who's the Makara Chaim? The rebbeinu Oilam. The Ikr chayim is oilam haba. And when we daven La lechayim, we don't mean rebbeinu shololam. I want money. I want nachas. I want parnasa. I want a nice anything. Zochreinu lechayim, rebbeinu Remember me. Put me on the path of oilam haba. Who says that? The Gra and the Ramchal. Forget Oilam Azeh, put me on the path of Oilam Abba. Connect me to Oilam. I want to feel in this world connected to the world to come. By the way, Reba as an afterthought at the end of the Esray, a bissel Parnosa, and a little Gezint, and a little Nachas, and a nice car, and a nice house, I'll take that also, the good life report. The good life. The end of Shemana Esrei. That's secondary. That's an afterthought. Is anyone a Be'nanim? We're all Be'nanim. Every last one of us are a Be'nanim. Where are we suspended? <laughs> Where are we suspended? We're smack in the middle of oilam Hazah and Olam Haba, says the gain. Olam Hazah pulling us down. I want, I need, I wish, I'm looking for, I want Olam Hazah. I want honor, happiness, pleasure. It's pulling us down, down. Mi ruach, hayeredes lamata. But the neshama feels the pull of Olam Haba. We're here tonight. We want to learn. We want to grow. We want to be Mispalel. We want to be mazakas Harabim. And we're smack in middle. We're created by definition, a guf and a neshama. We're created definitionally, beinonim. So how are we going to pull out of the status of being a beinonim? So the Rabbi HaShem says, how? Very easy. I'm going to take one day out of the realm of Oilam Haba. It says, the Bnei Yisachar, I know the Zakari Mishbacha, Sh'tam from the Bnei Yisachar. What is what is Yom Kippur? Uh, Yom Kippur, in Ba'achilah, in Ba'ashtiah, in Ba'asachros. It's the day of Oilam Haba. And the Yom HaShem takes a day out of the world to come. He puts it down here in this world. We see it, we taste it, we savor it, we want it. We elevate ourselves above the pole of Ilam Hazah. We say, we're no longer being on him. That's what we want. We want zakhirinu l'chaim, not uchsoiv l'chaim, toivim. Yom Kippur draws us up and elevates us above and beyond the desire for Ilam Hazah. Says Rabbi Sol you know why we think the order of the Yamnaram is backward? Because we missed the boat. Because all we think about is money, 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 clothing, food, house, money, Parnasa, Kesef, material possessions, Gashmias. That's the only thing that's on our mind. Oilam Haba? What's Oylem Haba? Who ever heard of Oylem Who's interested in Oylem Haba? You ever hear of Oylem Haba? Nobody wants Oylem Haba. So because we only think about Oylem Haza, we say, Reba it's not fear. First give us Yom Kippur, forgive our sin, and then we should be judged on Rosh Hashanah. we'll get a great year. But the Reba says, you're missing the boat. It's about oilam Haba. So listen to what I'm going to do for you. If I would first give you Yom Kippur, so you're going to come to Shul. And the guy walks into Shul. Go, what, what am I doing here? What are you doing here? You're not going to eat today. Why are you not going to eat today? Because you have to do tshuva. What am I doing tshuva for? For your chatoim. Yeah, and what's that going to do for me? It's going to clean your soul. Yeah, and then what? what what's going to happen? Then you're going to have a lichtige ganeden." He said, really? Oh, very nice. Here, Here's my membership, and I'll pay for a seat. And send the bill in the mail. Well, what do I need? What do I need this day? Yom Kippur is a waste of time. Who would even pay attention to Yom Kippur if we started with Yom Kippur? Says Rabbi So cilantro, it would be completely meaningless to us. It's not a language that talks to us. It, it doesn't have relevance to us. So the said, "I'm going to do you a favor. You're going to come on Rosh Hashanah." And the guy says, well, "What are I supposed to do on Rosh Hashanah? Huh? You got to shape up. Why do I have to shape up?" You want to be healthy this year? You want to make money this year? You want to have nachas this year? You better get your act together. Oh, now you're talking. That's a language I understand. That's something that speaks to me. And he slowly starts to realize that he needs to shape up. And then the Rebun Shalom says, Okay, now that Rosh Hashanah is over, that was just for starters, that was for the rookies, that was for beginners. Now we're ready for the most important day of your existence, and that is the day that will spell the greatest benefit for your neshama forever and ever and ever. If Oilam Azeh is where it's at, the Yom Naram are completely backward. If Oilam Azeh is preparation, we see the great chesed of HaKadosh Baruch and the way he set up, set up the Yom Naram. And more time? You're good? <laughs> about six years ago I was, I was invited to speak in Memphis, Tennessee. Very interesting place. So you could, it's right up the Mississippi River, you go to the Bass Pro Shop, you go up the tallest freestanding elevator in the United States of America and you could see the whole Mississippi. Very nice. I met an old man there, he was about 95 years old, his name was Rabbi Yeshua Kutner. And when I heard that name I was blown away, Rabbi Yeshua Kutner. My great-great-grandfather was a student of Rabbi Shulam And I knew this could not be him. And I knew Rabbi Shulam Mikudna had passed away a hundred years ago. And he was related to Rabbi Shulam Mikudna. He told me a story, one of the most moving stories I ever heard. He was born in New York in 1920. Now we think, oh, if you're born in New York, then you went to yeshiva and... You grew up and everyone had a and Esarik. When I was a kid, only the fathers had a and Esarik. Back in 1920, only the Rav had a, a and Esarik. And he was, grew up during the Great Depression. During the Great Depression, what do you make a week? 50 cents a week, a dollar a week. The wealthiest people during the Great Depression, they couldn't sell anything. They stood on the street corners. They sold apples, shoelaces, and buttons. A newspaper was one cent. A loaf of bread was two pennies. Uh, Milk was five cents. Nobody could afford milk. My grandfather, my mother's father grew up in the Great Depression. All six kids slept in one mattress in a tenement apartment in the Bronx. Shua Lekutner, he said he needed to support his parents. He would buy ice cream. He would get dry ice. He would walk through the trucks. And he would sell the ice cream to the trucksters, he would come home with a dollar, two dollars, and he would help support his mother and father. We were poor, but our rabbeim and yeshiva that's still around today, I'm not going to say right now the name of the yeshiva, everybody knows the name of the yeshiva, the rabbeim were literally starving. They went on strike because the kids couldn't pay tuition. Our family owed six dollars for a couple months' tuition. The principal said, Kutner boys, you come tomorrow with six dollars or you don't, come back to (coughs) yeshiva." Many, many boys were sent home. Anyone who was sent home went to public school. Anyone who went to public school does not have Jewish descendants today. Rabbi Katzin is matzol Nefashis, That's what it is. It's hafsalas Nefashis. The intermarriage rate, well over 90%. (coughs) In from neighborhoods, in the Jewish neighborhoods. My grandfather said in the Bronx there were 600,000 Jews, only 600 went to Yeshiva in New York City, New York, in 1930. What are we going to do? We don't have six dollars. We don't have silver candlesticks. So, my father owned one ugly suit... Where the jacket matched the pants. So mom said, Take it to the pawn shop, maybe you can get six bucks. Dad went to the pawn shop. The guy said, This suit is a piece of junk. Give you three dollars and thirty seven cents for the piece of, for the suit. He said, I gotta get my kids back into the yeshiva. Somehow dad finagled six dollars out of the guy. We walked back to Yeshiva with six dollars. This was one of the most moving experiences I ever had in my life. Now I knew what Torah meant to my family. Had we gone in a little bit of a different direction, who knows what would have happened. My father never had money to buy his suit back, but God gave him something else instead. The Ribbentrop gave him generations and generations of Bnei Torah and Yurei Shamayim because of one suit. Aaron HaKoyein wore eight begadim. A and war wore four begadim. My father had big day kahuna. He sold them for $6. It was the best $6 we ever spent. An interesting question for you. The Gemara says in the Sechta Rosh Hashanah, Hashem sits on His throne, the Sifrei Chayim, the Sifrei Mesim Suchim, the Book of the Living and the Book of the Dead are open. Someone please tell me why in the world are the Book of the Dead open? What exactly are the dead people doing that they need to be judged? The guy—I don't know where he is. He's on Har Azesin. He's on Har Menuchel. What's he doing? He elbowed the guy next to him. Hey, move over! You're, you're infringing on my rights. Well, what did he do, ready? Statistics show that Mason have a hard time speaking Lashon Hara. Not easy to speak Lashon Hara. It's, very, it's, it's proven very difficult. What exactly? Are the mesim doing that they have to be judged by the way? Why do we say Yiskar on Yom Kippur? The Rama says, to bring kapara to the mason. People give tzedakah on Yom Kippur for the mason to bring kapara. You light a yardside candle to bring kapara to the mason. Why do the mason need kapara? Says Rabbi Shua Heller, here you have a good man. He passed away. He was an El guy. He lived with Yerashamayim. He lived honestly. He worked honestly. He was Meqabal, called him Seber Panam Yafais. He went up to Shamayim and they gave him a nice spot in Gan They gave him corner property, nice landscaping. They gave him a nice vehicle in, in Gan Eden. He's living it up. They gave him a nice Alichta Gan And then they come to him, Rosh Hashanah, they say, Rabbi, guess what? You're moving. We'll see if you get this one. You're mo- where are where you moving? You're moving, we're moving you to back Gan Eden. Ooh, back Gan Eden. For Bessera mention and back Gan Eden. Well, what did I do? I didn't do anything in back. No, you have two children. They worked honestly this year because of your example. That wasn't around last year. So you have new income. You're collecting dividends. So you're getting a promotion. Okay. yeah, but it 's a hassle to move no no, in Ghanan we take care of all expenses and all hassles the next year they 're not going to beard have... you 're moving where are you moving moving to the Hamptons of Ghanan. And every year the guy has an aliyah. He said, You, you had another two grandchildren. They're, they're B'nai Torah. Your great-granddaughter is Medak Deik It's all because of the family that you established. That's what the Gemara means. Says Rabbi Yeshua Heller, Talmud of the Nachas David. But here you have a guy. He wasn't that great. He went to Shul. He was there for a, a good part of the domine. <laughs> And he was there, but his mind wasn't there. You know, he spent, I can't help myself, he spent a good chunk of the time on the phone. So the kids watch, and the kids say, look, dad spends half the time dominating, half the time on the phone. We tried out both, the phone is more interesting, so the kids spend the entire time on the phone. And then the grandkids say, what do you need to go into the shul with the phone? Just stay at home with the phone. And this guy started off... Look! He got his oinshim, And then they gave him... Yeah, he did go to Shul once. He did some mitzvahs. He sent a few bucks to Sinai Academy. So we, give, we have to give him a, some, a lot of schach. And they gave him a one-bedroom apartment in the Harlem of Gan Eden. That's all he got. Rosh Hashanah. He looks at the people. There are these two gremlin malachim Looking at him, he said... Pal, you're being evicted. Where are you going? Where am I going? You're going to the park bench in in Central Park of Gan Eden. You You don't have an apartment anymore. What did I do? What did you do? Your grandchildren, because of you, they've defected. And then the year later, they move them to the floor of the subway station. Says Rabbi Shua Heller, We think that our actions are finite. Actions live on forever and ever. They continue to have a residual effect. They reverberate forever and ever and for all eternity. I'll tell you a little amazing thing. Rabbi Shua Heller says that he saw in a very precious Sefer. The name of the Sefer is Amunas Chachomim of Rabbi Avi Ad Sar Shalom. He was a contemporary of the Ramchal, and the Ramchal. When the Ramchal had a certain controversy. He's the only one who defended the Ramchal. He asked a very interesting question. We know the wicked Menashe. Menashe did tshuva. Menashe did tshuva. He introduced Avodah throughout the land of Israel, but then he repented. And yet, you look in Sefer Melachim, there is no record of Menashe's tshuva. It's not recorded in Sefer Melachim. It's only recorded in Devar Hayamim. Interesting. You know what? You know what Devar Hayamim is. You know it's the Tanakh You ever hear of that? one of the part of the Torah, it's that God gave the Jewish people, Divrei Hayomim, right? Why is it only in Divrei Hayomim, and it's not in, in Sefer Melachim? Malachim? It says Rabbi Yavi Ad Sar Shalom, you know why? Yeah, Menachshah did Shuvah, but he influenced Klai Yisroh to serve Abay and their children served Yisoh, and their grandchildren served, and their great-grandchildren, so very nice Menachshah did Shuvah, but Hamachti as Harabim, their Shuvah is not accepted. So, therefore, in Sefer Malachim, while the children, grandchildren, great grandchildren are still alive serving idols, Menashe's tshuva is not accepted. But then the base of was destroyed, and all the idolaters were murdered. And Ezra was mespalel to be Mavatel the Yitzhar, for Avedazar. So, there's no more Avedazar, and there are no more repercussions of Menashe. So now Menashe's tshuva is accepted, and it's recorded in Dere HaYamim says it told us yeshua we can add who wrote malachim yirmiyah in the times of yirmiyah there was the Sahara for avidahara so yirmiyah could not record the chuva of manasha but who wrote Yamim? ezra wrote dereyamim ezra was mava'tel of so ezra could record the chuva of manasha Gemara Hagiga says that Rabbi Leza, when he got up to the following pasuk, he cried. That Shaul said, Shaul, we know he woke up Shmuel. Shmuel was sleeping, he was resting in peace. And Shaul woke him up. Shmuel, tell me what's going to be with the Philistines. And Shmuel said, why do you bother me? I was resting in peace. Why do you wake me up? And the Gemara says that Shmuel was afraid that he was being woken up for Rosh Hashanah says the Gemara, If Shmuel was afraid of the Yom Hadin, Anu al-Achas Kama v'Kama. Ask the Nitzavim, what was Shmuel afraid of? Shmuel was dead for dozens of years. Why was he scared that they were waking him up for Rosh Hashanah? And the Gemara says, You know what Shmuel said? I'm going to bring with me Moshe Rabbeinu to testify that there is nothing that I didn't, that I didn't fulfill. What's he, what does he need Moshe Rabbeinu for? Very interesting thing. There is a machloikis between God and Moshe Rabbeinu. What happens if a child, a grandchild, a student acts improperly and it's not the parent's fault? It could happen. It's not always the parent's fault. Every kid has free choice. That's a very sensitive question. God wrote in the Torah... Parents is liable. The Rebbe is liable. And Moshe argued with God. It's not fair. And the Lushen of the Medrash is, Hashem said, daiti." I'm wrong and you're right. That's the Medrash. Right. The Pasuk says, Shmuel's children did not go in his ways. Shmuel was scared, they were waking him up to din, holding him liable for his children and grandchildren. So he says, this one I need Moshe because Moshe has already one-upped God, been victorious regarding this issue, because Shmuel did everything in his capacity, and regarding this, as long as the parent uh, has done everything, then the parent is off the hook. A person's actions reverberate well beyond their lifetime. They produce fruits, fruits and fruits. In fact, Vabavi Ad Sar Shalom says on the pasuk, Godol Lifgoid al Kol Listen to this God's manner of scrutiny is so great that to judge one person, he scrutinizes the actions of all mankind. Why does God have to scrutinize every person alive to judge one individual. Says Shalayim, every person who is in this world is influenced by every yachir. The way you daven influences every person alive. Nothing to do with Internet, technology, ripple effect, repercussion, reverberation. Your behavior affects the entire world. And for God to judge any yachid, He has to scrutinize every single person's behavior. My grandfather, Charon of Racha, he grew up in the 30s in the Bronx. Simulation rate was astronomical. He had to overcome many hurdles to remain in Erel Chayir. He, he was one of the founders of Rav Hillel David Shul. How did he stay Al uh, Chayir? He had a grandfather, a spirited Jew. This Zeda sang Kariba on Friday night. He sang Karibah with such hislavos that the roof shook. The whole roof shook. And that entered my grandfather's soul, and it made him an eved takarishmach. And I can imagine every Rosh Hashanah, they go over to this yid, my grandfather's and grandfather, they say, Rabir, his name is Mashalm Faish. We're giving you an aliyah. You have me so what did I do? What did you do? Not, nothing new. The car that same Karibain that you sang Friday night, you have a great great-grandson and Cedarhurst Gladstein, he has two boys. You should see how they daven. You're going to get an aliyah from that. You should. So I'll take it. Take it. If I have any year of Shammayim, you remember my grandfather, Mr. Stanley Hershing? Here we go. Sure. In here. If I have any year of Shammayim, I used to go to my grandfather, Arab Yom Kippur. He was a stockbroker. Put his hands on my head, and he wept bitter hot tears, that I should have your Shamayim and Avasatara. A person's actions reverberate well beyond their lifetime. It says Rabbi Shua Heller, Al Zois Adam. Mm-hmm. Regarding this a person's heart should tremble. when you think, call Hamasim Shaosa Yivlu Anything you ever did, will outlive you. And therefore you better make sure, what direction will your actions go? Im kodesh heim, if they were holy, parim they will produce fruits and fruits and fruits. But Im chamas taninim if heaven forbid, a person let out a poisonous act, says Rabbi Yeshua Heller, ten Be careful to look into the future. He says, who's going to wake you up from the grave so that you could go to all the people that you influence and say, hey, remember what I did? Ignore it, forget it, don't pay any attention to my life. You're going to be able to find all the people? You're going to be able to locate all the people? It says, Rabbi Shua Heller, what you do makes a difference. What you do today makes a difference. What you're going to do tomorrow makes a difference. Life counts. Life's not a joke. Life's important. So what could we do? There's a lot we could do. Start with the person that sits next to you in shul. Start with your wife. Start with your brother. Start with your husband. Start with your sister. Start with your children. Start with your neighbor. Because everything you do has a ripple effect and reverberates throughout the entire world forever and ever and ever. a